0: My name is Christina Glass. Stay with us.
1: You want something to eat? A burger, maybe?
0: No, thank you.
1: You haven't slept at all the whole drive. I suggest you get some food. I'm
0: fine, Everett. Sorry. Sure, let's stop at the nearest rest stop. It's been a while since I've had a salad. Salad?
1: No, no, you're getting a meal in you. You need energy, Christina.
0: Thank you. Everett Cooper and I have been driving on and off for just over four hours. Throughout that time, he's talked about a few of the paranormal investigations he's done and his theories on Cape Lock.
1: Believe it or not, I don't quite think it was something supernatural or alien. I think it was just a town people were too unfortunate to visit.
0: So, why do you investigate the supernatural?
1: <sighs> oh, it's fascinating. I think of it like religion. Does it help you sleep at night when you give a homeless man some money to help him out? And that you'll be getting eternal damnation if you don't? I think of ghosts and stuff like that the same way. Take Roanoke, for example. If a whole settlement disappears, what'll help you sleep at night? Thinking that they somehow survived, lived normal, full lives before dying of old age wherever they left to? Or that every one of them were killed, mutilated, and their remains were never found, their name never remembered? Personally, I like to think that aliens took him away at least then the next time a settlement disappears We wouldn't feel so bad
0: From a man with his hair playfully bouncing in the frigid air conditioning who just minutes ago was singing along to Taylor Swift I never expected an answer so jarring What do you think? I'm sorry?
1: Uh, about Cape Locke. Why is no one able to find it? And why have you gone so far to try and do the impossible? It's
0: not impossible it's inevitable to be said. There needs to be some kind of answer. You still haven't
1: answered the question.
0: I do think that the town exists, and I do believe that there's many of them. I know it seems far-fetched, but it's what I believe, and it's the only answer I've come up with regarding why it's everywhere.
1: And what about the people there?
0: They're just people living daily lives.
1: Jeremy didn't sound like he was living a normal life, Christina.
0: I don't know. Maybe they're part of an experiment. Those blueprints. Like, maybe they're some kind of fucked up experiment and... and the people living there are just part of it.
1: Against their will?
0: Maybe... maybe the town was enticing. Maybe they thought it was beautiful, perfect. And little did they know that the trap was set off and that they were forced to stay there.
1: How do you force a whole town to stay there?
0: That's what we're trying to find out.
1: And what about the money? There's none of it there.
0: You saw the invoices. They have loads of money. They probably pay for it all themselves.
1: Why give them money if they don't have money?
0: You're right. Sorry. I'm really tired.
1: Christina, do you really want to know the truth?
0: I wouldn't be in the station wagon with you, headed to Cincinnati, if I didn't believe that we would find the truth.
1: I'm just saying, if I had proof that everyone in Roanoke was killed, I would much rather have never known.
0: After we got some food, we were quickly outside of Cincinnati. Soon we found the address, but there was no building in sight. Uh, here's the address. Where could it be? There's nothing here. All that there was was a concrete wall, a Starbucks on one side and a boutique on the other. We were off the outskirts of the city so hardly anyone noticed a man who was trying to calm down a reporter bashing her foot into a wall, wailing. It has to be here. It was supposed to be here. Christina, maybe you should let this go. No! No, I will not be told to stop this story that I've been working on for days on end with almost no sleep and starving myself and watching people die and I'm not just going to let this go.
2: I would imagine this is a bad time. Arnold? Why don't you come in? Your recording equipment's gonna get wet.
0: Mr. Bennett walked out of what seemed to be thin air as the wall turned into a door. Everett and I joined him inside, where we saw a long and dark corridor that led to another, larger metal door. Oh. Oh god, it smells like oranges.
2: Uh, that was, that was me. I've been getting a little sick. Bennett, it's good to see you
1: again.
0: You two know each other.
1: When we lived in Lake City, when we were much younger, I had a bit of a reputation for being interested in the sciences. We had a science project once. Miss Miller's class. You remember her?
2: Of course I do. How could I not? She's the reason I'm an engineer. Oh, here's our stop. Hey, Bobby. I think there's someone here for you.
3: Hello, Christina Glass. It's good to see that you're all safe.
0: Robert Hirsch is around 30 or 40. He's wearing nothing but boxer shorts, a white John Mayer t-shirt, and a red velvet robe. He wasn't exactly what we expected, to say the least. Thank you. Um. We have a few questions for you.
3: And I have all the answers. But not here. We gotta go. Where? Cape Lock. (laughs) I like this guy. He thinks! Come on. We'll head out after another drink.
0: He took a large swig of his whiskey and made his way to a pile of clothing where he quite hastily put on a pair of jeans and fixed the little hair that he had left on his head with nothing but his hand and spit.
3: We're not driving there, don't worry. And we're not flying there, so don't worry. How are we getting to Oregon, then? We're not starting the questioning process yet. Just get everything you need and come with me. That is, if you're still looking for the truth. Christina, there's still time to stop this. Enough time for you to just walk away. Not have to worry about your life being at stake here.
0: I've lost too many lives for this story. And they all, all should have been me.
3: Let's see how right you are about
4: that.
0: Robert Hirsch walked us out back into the city and into Everett's car with a large duffel bag in hand. There he only gave us simple directions.
3: Right here. Okay, now left. Right here. No, wasn't. take a right here!
0: He still smelled of scotch, but Bennett ate oranges along the way. It became clear why he started to eat, because soon the oranges were the only smell in the car. We arrived at a train station, bustling and busy. He bought one ticket for himself, all in cash. Bennett, Everett, and I did the same.
3: Smart girl, using cash.
0: Thank you. Um, so we're going to be taking the train the whole way? That's right. But that's almost two full days of traveling nonstop.
3: Exactly. You could ask me any questions you want while we're on board.
0: What about your car?
1: I'm calling Samantha and Doug right now to come and get it.
0: The three of us boarded a train that screeched to a halt soon after our purchases. We got on, noticing that it was almost empty. The hallways were thin as well, and the car had cabins where people could sit and talk privately. It made more sense to me why this was the chosen mode of transportation. We wouldn't have to trade off drives, and we had access to food without having to stop nearly as often. This is a one-way trip?
3: No stops.
0: Well, if you want to start the questioning process.
3: Of course. That's why you're here, isn't it? It'd be strange for you not to ask me questions at your job,
1: for God's sake. Now, Christina, I think you should get some sleep. I think we both understand that, do
0: we not? He was right. Then and there, I wanted to punch Hirsch in the face. But I knew that I was not in the right mindset and accepted Everett's offer of sleep. As I drifted off, I wondered if I was in the same mindset when Hirsch asked me what I was willing to risk. I was soon proven wrong. The blaring of my phone alarm woke me up. Hello?
4: Christina, they found me.
0: What? Wait, where are you? Uh, Are you safe?
4: Calm down. Sorry, bad wording. Uh, These two siblings, the one from the show, ah, I forgot their names. Doug Morrow.
0: Samantha Morrow.
4: Right. Anyway, uh, Michael is here with them?
0: Wait, hold on. Where are you right now?
4: I'm... You can't tell her. Sorry, uh, well, I'm not home... It's a pretty nice mansion?
0: It's a summer home, not a mansion. Uh,
4: anyway, it's pretty early in the day, and I, I just wanted to see what you were up to. And if you were safe.
0: Wait, what? It's, like, the middle of the night here.
4: Oh. Yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. Um, listen, I wanted to apologize for what I did when I left. And what I said about Eddie.
0: <sighs> That's fine. Don't worry about it. It was nothing.
4: Christina... Listen, I'm sorry.
0: No, no, you're fine. Um, it was just a kiss, and I've actually really...
4: N- no, not that. I- I'm sorry I tried to stop you. This is your story, and I'm worried more about myself than people like Eddie or Jeremy. Stop.
0: I know. I've got to do this for them. There hasn't been a second that's passed this whole week that I haven't thought of them.
4: And I should have, just like you. I've always looked up to you. You know that.
0: Andy, why did you call?
4: I, I wanted to apologize. Yeah,
0: but I don't need an apology right now. I need sleep and I need answers.
4: And I want to push you to get those answers. And I want you to be careful. I know you always are, but you need to get those answers, Christina. For them.
0: I almost risked your life coming out here. And I risked Michael's life and- Don't
4: think like that. It doesn't help anyone to think like that.
0: Fuck, I'm sorry. It's just been way, way too much.
4: Take this time to feel better. Please. (laughs) Maybe the answers will help.
0: And if they don't?
4: Then maybe not everything needs an answer, Christy.
0: How long have you felt this way, Andy? About me?
4: I don't know. How long have I known you?
0: I really shouldn't be having this conversation. Why? Was it something I did? Was that not the answer you were looking for? No, it's not that. I just, I need to do this, and I can't let anything get in the way.
4: I don't want to get in your way. I don't think anyone should. Lord help them if they cross your path. All right, well, um, see-
0: That morning, just 36 hours left of our train ride, We woke up to some coffee and bagels.
3: You know, I'm not that much of a cream cheese guy, but damn it, do I love me some Philadelphia.
0: Robert? Huh? I asked you what it was like living in the town.
3: Sorry. Just really trying to enjoy every bite of this, you know?
0: I can (laughs) wait until your bite is full.
3: (sighs) So, Cape Lock. Let me put it this way. How much do you think the residents in Cape Lock are worth? Whatever you're thinking, whatever bullshit answer, like humans don't have price tags, don't. How much do you think a person is worth, realistically?
0: Well, probably trillions of dollars.
3: And how much do you think the so-called mayor of Cape Lock thought these humans cost? Well... Whatever your number is, it's way too fucking high. A penny too much, a dime, nickel, quarter, none of that. Dirt is more expensive than a Cape Lock resident to James. Oh, his name is James, James Putnam. Where is he? <laughs> Don't bother. He's been dead for maybe ten years or so. Last time I worked with him...
0: What work did you do in Cape Lock?
3: I designed the houses, sold them the supplies, hired many people to construct the town, housed them, fed them, fired them, hired new ones. It's easy to pretend a town doesn't exist if no one knows what the finished product looks like.
0: So, I don't understand. So James Putnam is responsible for Cape Lock.
3: Oh, 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 God. Left a worse taste in my mouth in goddamn Cialis. No, 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 no. I was the one who built the whole goddamn town. I knew it front, back, left, right, and center. I designed the whole thing for crying out loud. And just because he came and organized it all, he gets all the credit. No, ma'am. That's just not going to cut it.
2: What Bobby's trying to say is that James isn't responsible for this.
0: The blueprints?
3: It was a whole town designed to hide on the side of any mountain in the United States. That was where the electro-something or others were placed.
2: Uh, this thing?
0: Everett showed him the page with the golf ball mechanism.
2: Uh, no, not not this one. These are different.
0: And what's the technology Robert is referring to, then?
2: Uh, Knowing James, those have probably gone out to the public market now. If not privately, the tech companies. Or, God forbid, governments.
0: So what are these things? The machines on this page?
2: Well, they're about the size of a white blood cell, and they're just tags.
0: Tags? Like a farm.
2: Christina, how do you force a town to stay in one place? Well, you track where they are at all times. So these are tracking systems? Almost microscopic, yes. It was a simple process. When the townspeople arrived, they would be taken through a single-file line where a team of doctors would inject these into their bloodstream. There were hundreds, if not thousands, of small nanobots flowing through the whole circulatory system. Then
3: they'd be taken to their respective homes and hotel rooms. There were about eight or so houses, but there were six-bedroom houses, you see. We had almost a hundred people living here. They were all cramped there. We couldn't have a town that was large enough to hold all of them.
0: But what were they there for? It was work. What kind of work?
3: Christina, are you truly prepared for the truth?
0: Even if it kills me? It
3: probably will. And that's something you need to take into consideration. This isn't a silly little news story. This is the truth.
0: Yes, I'm ready for it.
2: sex trafficking.
0: What? Bennett?
2: We, we didn't have anything to do with the actual job, but we needed the money and he was giving out loads of it. But every day while I worked, looking at those women, those those children, no, I, I didn't want anyone to go through what they did. You
3: have to understand that James fucked us over, well, more me than Benny. I just had to stop existing. I didn't have a chance to say goodbye to my kids, my wife. They think I'm dead. Do you know how hard it is knowing that my voice will be echoing through her car radio right now while she's dropping them off at school? (laughs) They've probably graduated by now. And then they hear their dad, who's been missing for ten years all of a sudden, say he was a part of this. I helped to support them, to give them money for college. All of that money went to them. The hush money was to keep me in that hole in the wall. Rotting away until I die. So, no, Christina fucking glass. I didn't want what happened to those girls and boys to happen, but it did, and I helped out. I'm living my own personal hell, and I'm risking my life for your stupid story. Don't you get that? Don't you
2: get it? Uh, Bobby, calm down, please.
0: No, it's fine. This is the truth. This is what I need to report.
2: You listened to the tapes, right?
0: From the package you gave Everett.
2: Yes. You heard the story. When Jeremy came into that town, I didn't want to inject him with the trackers, so I didn't. Instead, I pulled him aside and took him away. I don't know what it was about him, but I just couldn't let him stay in that town. But I had no say in who would stop by, who would pick him like an auction.
0: Michael told us that Jeremy had been a prostitute when he was in Cape Lock.
3: There was no money in Cape Lock, so that's impossible. Smart kid, though. He knew to keep it a secret.
0: Are you suggesting that this should have stayed under wraps, then? No.
3: No, I'm saying that if you told anyone what was going on, we would all be dead. James might be gone, but that doesn't mean Cape Lock is. It's still alive. Still thriving.
0: I just... I'm sorry. It's all just really strange to wrap my head around.
2: Uh, don't worry about it. Just let me know how I can help you understand things.
0: And the devices in the mountains? What are they?
2: Well, they were created to keep anyone out of the way of Cape Lock. Satellite images, cars passing by, helicopters, airplanes, heck, you couldn't even use your own phone. It would glitch it out automatically like a light switch. It also acted like an electric fence. Anyone with the tech would basically receive an electric shock once they've reached the perimeter of the town.
0: Which is why you didn't give Jeremy the tech.
2: Another reason, yes.
0: What are we going to find at Cape Lock?
2: We don't know. We really don't.
3: We don't know if anyone's there. We don't know if we'll be shot and killed once we arrive. That's why I asked you if you're willing to risk your life for this. It's not safe.
0: And that was the story we had gotten from the only other two people from Cape Lock. It was funded by James Putnam, who I later found out after reading some articles from the Flynn Tribune in Flynn, California, was a major financer of Interconnected Assets Incorporated. He reached out to many people, from what we can conclude doctors, engineers, contractors, and construction workers all to design, build, and execute the town into near perfection away from the public eye. Nearly. Still, Jeremy Rogers, a victim of the Cape Lock sex trafficking ring, held there, organized by Putnam and possibly many more people. With the help of Arnold Bennett, Jeremy escaped Cape Lock to live a normal life before his untimely death. Those who worked with the design and construction of the town had gone into hiding, and those who escaped the town were hunted and killed by hitmen such as Susan Neal, who were paid off by James's estate, or possibly even other people. And now that brings us to the story of a young reporter who, after working in public radio for four years, heard the story of a town that only existed in people's memories, and now all of those years accumulated into the span of four gruesomely long days. In those days, along with losing loved ones, we have gained answers that can hopefully save people from the horrible cycle of sex trafficking by tracking down a town, talking to its builder, its obscure, and its sufferers.
1: Hey, uh, how are you holding up?
0: I'm fine. I'm just not getting enough sleep again. Decided to work on the show.
1: Yeah, That's good, at least. Um, here. Hirsch wanted me to give you this.
0: A thumb drive? What's in it?
1: I didn't have the chance to ask him. He's fast asleep now.
0: Well, I'll ask him when we reach Cape Lock.
1: It should be soon. Bennett said that we're a couple of hours away. It's almost sunrise, Christina. Okay.
0: Well, I should at least take a nap before we arrive.
1: I'll be here with you. To make sure you're safe.
0: That would be nice, Everett.
2: Nighthawks presents Cape Lock, an audio podcast. Stay tuned for the next installment releasing next week. And hey, thanks for listening.